Hello, and welcome to Outnumbered the Podcast. I'm Audrey. And I'm Bonnie. We are experienced moms to a combined total of 19 children. In our weekly episodes, we explore relatable topics using our perspectives of humor and chaos. Tune in for advice and encouragement to gain more joy in your parenting journey. Welcome back to Outnumbered. We are thrilled to have another guest episode for you guys today. Welcome to Lisa Andrews. Thanks for joining us, Lisa. Hey, thanks for having me. So I actually have the privilege of knowing Lisa in real life, and she is a gem. She is one of those quiet types that is silently hilarious when you get to know her, that she's really, really fun to talk to. And we've done some traveling together, and Lisa is actually an expert on travel. So Lisa, why don't you give us a little intro about yourself? Okay, well... Thanks for having me here. It's, it is kind of funny to think I'm an expert on traveling, but I guess self-proclaimed expert because I do have a podcast all about family travel over at This Travel Tribe, and I really just love sharing tips that help families get out and travel more and make it easier for them. Um, I do have three kids, and we have traveled with our kids all throughout all different ages. They unfortunately are now older and our youngest just left for college which is a little bit sad I should have been more like you two and had a whole lot bunch of kids um, instead of just three because then I'd still have a house full of kids but we still enjoy them and we still get together with them and they still come home and whenever we plan a trip they're always willing to join us so um, but we have traveled done lots of travel and so I'm excited to be here today and hopefully share some tips with your listeners I was going to say with adult kids, I bet they are willing to to come travel with you, especially once they're out in the real world and they realize how much everything costs and and maybe mom and dad are putting the bill for the trip. Like I remember oh, going yeah. on trips when mom would be like, hey, you guys want to come to this thing? Absolutely. Something to get out of the house. We don't have to yes. pay for it. I know our kids are like, we're really feeling like we need to go to Disneyland. I'm like, oh, you are? Really? You're just feeling that, huh? So <laughs> we'll see if uh, they get their way or not. That is so fun. Okay, so we want you to talk to us about 10 things to do before our next family vacation to make it the best getaway ever. Because um, I'm sure if any families out there listening are like our families, we've had um, vacations that are not the best ever. (laughs) Like we need a vacation from our vacation when we're done. (laughs) Yes. So let's go through these 10 things and have you explain it to us and help us get ready for our next episode. So of course, first of all, we just tangentially talked about money. So let's start Mm -hmm. with budget. Um, Okay. Get us there. All right. So this one, I don't like to spend too much time on budget because I don't know, that part's not the funnest part of traveling, but it is important to think about it when you are going to plan a trip and get on the same kind of spending expectations, I think, with your partner or your spouse, just so that you kind of know what you're working with, right? So before you even maybe know where you're going, you're just like, okay, we need to plan a trip for fall break. Like, let's take a look at uh, what we have budgeted. And budgets are going to vary totally on all different spectrums for different people. So it's hard for me to say, oh, you should budget this for a fall break trip. Really, it's going to be specific to your family, but I think the most important thing is that you're thinking about that because trips can be really expensive, especially if you don't have somewhat of a plan when you get started. So, just talking to your spouse and having kind of a general budget in mind, and that will kind of help determine where you're able to go as well. And so, that will kind of help drive the type of vacation. 
Well, exactly. And who can enjoy their vacation if they're worrying about how much money they're spending ahead of time? Right. And if you've already planned for it, saved for it, and you have that money in the account and it's ready to go, like you can just kind of relax and enjoy and order the pizza and do the zip line and do all the fun things that you want to do because you already know that it, you have the money for it. So it's not a stress. I love this idea of of planning first thing, knowing how much you're going to spend, at least roughly. When we plan our trips ahead of time, we look like to look at the entire year. And very often there's like one big trip that we're planning on, it, big meaning larger budget and a couple of little ones, which is a really good reminder that, oh, remember this spring break or whatever, that's going to be one of the little ones. We're going to, we're going to do things a little bit on the cheap because in the summer we're going to do this big one. So getting on the same page, I think is a huge, huge benefit for sure. Okay, so you mentioned budget before you even pick where you're going to go. So let's go into that. How do you choose the right I think destination? So. Yeah. Okay, so budget, like I had said, the budget can drive where you're going to go. Um, but for us, I think our family kind of has a short bucket list or wish list that we've always had running about where we want to go. And so when we know, okay, it's spring break coming up and we've been wanting to do a cruise to Mexico, like the timing's really going to work out and we have the budget for that. So that would be really fun. Um, but I think with families, it's important to think about the type of destination. Like personally, I wouldn't take a family with like five kids under five and go to Paris. Like for me, that just doesn't sound like a lot of fun, right? I mean, maybe for you it is, and it would totally work for some people, but just thinking about what destination kind of fits your family style. Like, do you want to go to an all-inclusive or do you want to go to a beach or do you want to go to the mountains and hike? Or do you maybe want to try an amusement park this time, you know? And so just kind of having a list of things you think works for your family at your kids' certain ages, I think can be really helpful in kind of helping guide what you want to do. And the great thing about vacations is there aren't really rules, right? You can just think about what sounds fun and what fits in your budget and then go and do it. Like, and there's always going to be another vacation. So it's not like if you you know, do an amusement park vacation this spring break, like, then you'll never get to your beach vacation. Like, there's always next year, right? So I don't think that you want to have this scarcity mentality around planning your vacations, you know, just like, have your list and then kind of work off of it. And take ideas from your kids, you know, or from your friends that have done fun vacations that really worked out well for them. So asking around for different ideas from friends, but Honestly, I think most of us here are probably fairly privileged living, you know, in the United States and we hear about lots of fun vacations to national parks or to like landmarks or to go to Washington DC or New York City. Like there's so many great options. I don't think you can go wrong. Oh, I love that. And I love the reminder that there are different phases of life for different vacations, right? If you've ever been a mom taking small children on a vacation that was not very relaxing, you know, okay, next time I think we're just going to get a cabin and hang out. We're not going to do an amusement park every time because that's exhausting for mom. Yeah. So brilliant. I'm thinking about our next one um, okay. and that is finding great accommodations. So once you've decided where you want to go, I think that one of the first things you want to do is think about where you want to stay. and for families, I think that differs than just a couple's trip. For us, we have loved finding vacation rental homes like through VRBO and Airbnb. I love having a kitchen when I travel and I love having a washer and dryer. I think those two things can be game changers for just making it so much easier and more like less stress when you travel. 
so I highly suggest looking at those. I know some people are nervous about Airbnb. We've always had good experiences. So um, I think if you read a lot of reviews, if you message the owner with any questions you have ahead of time, um, it can really help like set it up to be a really successful experience. But then there are also a lot of hotel options, you know, that families can find like with different suites kind of. I personally, when we stay with kids, I don't like to all be in the same bedroom all together just because little ones go to bed at different times. And then if they go to bed, it's like, oh, okay, I guess we're going to turn off the lights now and everyone's going to go to sleep. So personally, I like to at least have a separate sleeping space for the kids, you know, like a a lot of Marriott's have like those like Homewood suites or something like that, where it's like a tiny little kitchen and family room and then doors and a bedroom. So looking for places like that, I think makes traveling with families so much more enjoyable for everyone involved. Okay. So both of those two, um, when you are looking at it from the perspective of a large family, both choosing a destination and finding great accommodations have special challenges when you have a large family involved. (laughs) We, however, have a back episode. We'll link it in the show notes where we talk about family-friendly activities that are great for like all ages. So those those are helpful for thinking about where you're going to go because um, it might not, you know, they might not let toddlers in. So check out that episode as kind of like a springboard on where to go. But also accommodations are really challenging when you have a large family. Like our family has to get at least two hotel rooms (laughs) if we travel Mm -hmm. somewhere. So we also have discovered Airbnb. And what we found when we travel is often um, like say a condo owner is renting their condo out through Airbnb instead of through the condo association. So you get like the exact same accommodations, except you're doing it through Airbnb. And we've, we've gotten some really nice um, accommodations that way because we have to look for something that fits, you know, like 12 people and you get some really nice ones because usually if 12 people are renting, it means like, you know, four couples or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it's so anyway, so it's really nice because four couples can afford more than one couple, but you know, anyway, just, just putting that out there that our, when we travel as large families, we do have just some little special considerations that we have to take into and keep in mind. Yeah. And I think Airbnbs can be less expensive because hotel rooms for 12 people, you might need even three rooms, you know, and if it's like even 150 a room, like your Airbnb is probably going to be less than that a night. And so I just think it's a more budget friendly way to go generally. I mean, of course, check the fees because there are fees involved with Airbnbs um, that can add up. So you know, you want to watch that. But I do think Airbnb overall is generally a better deal. Yeah, they they have helped so much more making our vacations affordable, especially because if you're going to get two or three hotel rooms, how do you divvy up who's in what room? And you can't put the naughty troublemakers together because there might not be a parent in that room. We have so many funny stories of like, trying to get babies to sleep in a hotel room. Once I put a baby to bed in the bathtub, just a bunch of blankets. And once, once I <laughs> stuck a porter crib between like the curtains and the blackout shades so that she couldn't see us and she couldn't see daylight and well, just make it work. Right. I love it. You have to get creative, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we've got a budget. We know where we're going. We've got accommodations. Now, how do we plan what to do? This, this part for me, admittedly is the most overwhelming because I want to plan some activities, but not over plan. So tell us, tell us your yes. best tips for that. I mean, And I will say I have episodes on my site for each of these items and it's like a whole episode for each one. So (laughs) I'm definitely giving you 
kind of the abbreviated smorgasbord here today. Um, so if you do want more, you can always head over to my site. So I'm just giving like highlights right now. So um, I think planning and booking activities is probably the most fun part of planning a vacation. So first of all, I would say just enjoy that part. Um, I usually research on just online, um, you know, 10 best things to do in Huntsville, Alabama or wherever it is we're headed. Um, but I think a key to making it really enjoyable for everybody is to not over plan, which is a challenge for me because I really love to like see all the great things in a new place. Um, but sometimes that can be too much, especially if you have younger kids, like it just becomes not quite as fun as you think it might be, you know, when you're planning it. So I recommend that you really just book maybe one main activity a day. And then of course you'll do other activities, but you can kind of fit them in um, around how moods are working around meals that you're doing. You know, maybe your family decides that you all want to go zip lining, like everyone's old enough and they weigh enough and like you've reached that point and you're all gonna do that. So that could take up your morning, but then that leaves the afternoon for other options. Like maybe you run into somebody at lunch and they are like, hey, you guys should go check out this beach over here, this is really fun. Or this museum is really great for kids. And I think that it just allows for a little bit of serendipity to happen if you haven't overplanned yourself. So it is hard to resist not planning all the things, uh, but if you're there three or four, five days or whatever, that's still five activities that you've planned, right? And so that just allows for some time to maybe even have some downtime, maybe even take a nap or let the kids take a nap you know, back at the house, which even as an adult, I wouldn't mind taking a nap sometimes, right? Like that helps make it more of a great vacation because you get to relax and get out and see new things. I love that you start off by mentioning, you know, Google 10 best things to do in because I have found some of the coolest things to do that way. It's like there's this great hive mind out there. Why aren't you taking advantage of it, right? Mm -hmm. So one of just just real quick here, one of the cool things we do, and it was kind of one of those if you know, you know things, was we went in Nashville, Tennessee, and there's this hotel, and you go into the basement, and you ask if you can go in the men's bathroom, and it's a completely vintage art deco men's bathroom in the basement of this hotel but how would you ever know that otherwise right and women and men can go in and like i don't know if they use it as a bathroom it's it's restored <laughs> it's really cool so i love to do that like just like find something that's so super cool that nobody else knew about <laughs> yeah and one yeah. other thing that is fun with planning that i have used this year is I've let ChatGPT do a little bit of work for me. So I don't know if you guys have tried that out yet. You can get a free account. First mention Chat of ChatGPT on the, on the okay. podcast here. <laughs> um, it's pretty fun. Um, we went to France this summer and we were going to the Louvre. And so we, I think my husband typed this in, just like, what's the best route to follow in the Louvre to see all the best pieces, like highlights. And it gave us a route and told us what pieces to go see. Um, and then this Christmas, we're taking our kids to Christmas markets in Europe. And so I asked ChatGPT to draw out, um, you know, like an itinerary for me hitting, I gave it a couple of cities and was like, what's the best route to include all of these cities? And then it spit out like an option. And I didn't actually end up following it exactly, but it did give me some ideas and it was just really fun to use, even if you didn't use any of it. So that might be something 
you might want to try. Um, okay. That's kind of new super and brilliant. exciting, but I think yeah. it's something kind of fun. Yeah. It's basically like giving your, your VA, uh, like 50 hours to go research all the stuff on Google, right? Just accumulates all the best resources. That's so smart. What I was going to say is I love what you're saying about, well, talking to locals for planning activities. If you don't leave any open time, you can hear something, you know, on the grapevine and not have an opportunity to do it. But one of some of my favorite experiences have been either unplanned or just really loose ways of taking up time, right? Like we had a free afternoon, so we went for a walk and we found this amazing trail and it was so fun. Something that we wouldn't have necessarily known about until we got there or we got a little bored or so, yeah, I just like life in general. I think structure is great, but leaving some downtime, leaving some free time to just kind of explore. So fun. Yeah. And one other thing on activities, sorry, there's so many activities, Uh, playgrounds. Like when our kids were young, we loved finding playgrounds. Like we went to New York City and every day we were there for like five days. We spent a couple hours in Central Park at the playground. Like, and that was a highlight of our trip. And it's not necessarily something that we planned. Um, the kids love playgrounds and everywhere you go, there's going to be playgrounds. So be sure to check those out whenever you're traveling. And my kids are always on the hunt for a new playground, right? So yeah, totally fun. Okay, next number five. This one deserves its own. Actually, we did a whole podcast episode on it, how it applies to large families because it's pretty Mm -hmm. significant, but this is packing. Yes, and I've done whole episodes on it too. So, you know, this is just the, the highlights here. But I'm going to say just make sure you are making an effort to bring as little as possible. Uh, usually our family travels where everyone only gets one carry-on suitcase and then, uh, and that's flying or driving. And so that there's so many benefits to that one. First of all, you just have less stuff to manage. And if I had 10 kids, I would even make the smaller kids share suitcases, right? Like three of you get one carry-on suitcase and just like try to bring as little as possible, like even diapers, you can buy those when you get to your destination, you know, bring a few that you know are going to get you there, but you don't have to like pack the extra large humongous suitcase and all the diapers. Like, I feel like you could run to Walmart almost wherever you are and grab what you need. um, just to avoid having to haul all of that crap with you through, you know, loading it in the car, loading it on the plane, whatever you're doing. Um, I just think bringing as little as you can just makes it so much more enjoyable. And I have other things, but that's the main thing. We'll just stick to that. That should be like tattooed onto my forehead every time I plan for a trip. Now I'm, I think by virtue of the fact of having a large family, you, you whittle way down, right? Like, yeah, you three share a suitcase. Plus Mm -hmm. I have little clothes. They're fine. You can shove it in there or, you know, whatever. We'll cram as many people in as many, as few suitcases as possible. But when I travel by myself or with my husband, it's like, what, I might need that. And I might need that. But so smart that things like even like deodorant, like, all right, so I can have a little travel size or eat. I could even get it when I get there. You know, I don't have to pack Mm -hmm. everything in the kitchen sink just in case, especially when I'm going to some civilized country that has convenience stores. (laughs) Brilliant. I know. I, yeah. I mean, I have overpacked. I'm not saying I haven't, but since we have gone to this carry on method, it's been so wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. You can also make a mad dash for a late plane or you can, and heaven forbid it gets lost, which it always does at some point in your mm-hmm. traveling journey, less stuff to lose. So, so smart. Exactly. I always have my stuff with me. So that's another bonus. Okay. So should we move on to number six? Let's do it. All right. So next up is healthcare. When you're traveling with kids, someone's probably going to get sick, right? 
So there are just a few things to keep in mind. I would always bring your health insurance card along with you, or at least a picture. Um, if you're going somewhere maybe more remote, um, but really anywhere you're going, look ahead and just see if there's an urgent care near where you're going to be, especially if your kids are prone, really prone to getting sick, just so you kind of know what's in the area. Um, for us, I know when our families traveled out of the country, sometimes our health insurance doesn't work out of the country. Um, you kind of just assume it would, um, but you probably want to call your healthcare provider and just make sure that your health insurance is going to cover you if you're in Mexico or if you're in Canada or if you're going to Europe, wherever it is. Um, and if they're not going to cover you, I recommend getting some travel insurance that at least includes like, I don't know, the what catastrophe type coverage, right? Like, I don't know, your kid breaks their leg and needs surgery. Like you definitely don't want to have to pay for that out of pocket in Mexico or, you know, just things like that. I So we have bought travel insurance several times. Luckily, knock on wood, we've never had to use it. Um, but when we're doing these bigger trips out of the country, I think it's good to just make sure that you do have a healthcare plan in mind. Um, just in case. And I think that just gives you peace of mind. And then also just bringing along a small little first aid kit. And I'd keep it basic. Like we talked about, you can buy most stuff wherever you are. But if there's something, you know, if one stomach, our kids prone to like upset stomachs, bring whatever it is that works for them. So that in the middle of the night, because that's when those things always hit, you know, you're ready to go. And hopefully it won't be too much of a downer for your vacation. Right. Good tips. Good tips. Okay. Let's move on to something that I absolutely adore about traveling and that's not having to do all the cooking myself. So let's talk about dining. Yes. Okay. So food is one of the most fun things of vacation. Like I love food and eating at new places. So, but when you're traveling with a lot of kids, you definitely do not want to eat out all three meals a day. And really, if you're not traveling with kids, like you can't even eat that much. So I would just make a plan to have breakfast and maybe even lunch back at your um, Airbnb or accommodations, you know, just bring granola bars or pick up some fun cereal once you get there that maybe you wouldn't normally have at home, but it would be a kind of this fun vacation treat to get some different types of food that they might not get at home. Um, make sandwiches for lunch or wraps that you can take with you. And then just pick a place to go out for dinner. Um, I think that really works well when you're traveling with kids because they don't want to sit down at restaurants two or three times a day. Like that would, and that takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of money. So I just recommend kind of having a plan ahead of time. I don't think it has to be like a super strict plan, but just think about, you know, what you want to do for your breakfast and lunch and then where you want to go for dinner. And if you have dietary restrictions, you can kind of control that a little bit more if you're doing some of the prep yourself. Okay. Okay. Here's a frugal large family tip I just have to share with you. Yes. Something okay. we have started doing is we we usually rent somewhere that has a kitchen. And so dinner is usually the most expensive meal of the day to eat out. So we will usually cook dinner in and eat either breakfast or lunch out as a family because any meal out is great fun for the kids. And so when we're traveling mm -hmm. with our family, that's just a little hack, a little frugal hack. Yeah, that's most a great idea. Days, yeah, we eat um, dinner in and another meal out. Mm -hmm. I love it. 
Yeah, one thing I've noticed too is that for little kids, especially dining out, is not necessarily a fun experience, especially if it's unfamiliar food. The younger kids get kind of panicky, like I don't know what this is, I don't want this, even though I'm always up for eating out. So having at least a couple of meals at you know wherever you're staying can be like, okay, well I know what toast is and I know what oatmeal is. Yeah, I'll eat that. <laughs> yeah. So at least they're eating something. At least they're eating one or two meals a day, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So next tip is to consider bringing along a nanny or a babysitter with you. I think that could make or break your vacation. You know, maybe even you just bring along like a 12 or 13 year old to help with the kids and you pay for everything that you do on the vacation, but you don't actually have to also then pay them additional, right? So you'll take them out to dinner with you or you'll take them to the museum or whatever it is you're going to do, which still will be an added cost. But then you could work out a deal ahead of time, like, hey, two nights on the vacation, you know, you guys will all stay in and my husband and I are going to go out. Or just if you have 10 kids, you probably just want an extra set of hands. And I don't think it would have to cost a lot of money. And there are probably a lot of willing um, teenagers who would love to go on a vacation and see some new places and then also help out with your kids. Yeah, we went to Disneyland once with a bunch of little children and brought our nanny with us. And it was the best decision ever, although we still managed to lose one child. For, for the record, <laughs> I was But you not... might have lost more. If you <laughs> <had them. laughs> yeah, only one. Yeah. We only lost one yeah, child thanks one. to having a third set of hands. Good point, Lisa. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That is such a genius tip, though. Okay, tell us about okay. how we can organize reservation info and that kind of okay. stuff. Because we're always so... left scrambling. Yes. Okay. Especially when you have 10 kids, like you do not have time when you're checking in to like pull up your reservations and figure all that out. Like you want it just like easy. So there's a couple ways to go. One is a lot of times when I make reservations, um, I'll just put them all in a folder in my Gmail. And then right before we go, I'll just screenshot everything on my phone. So then I can just like flip through. Okay. We have our hotel reservations here, this is our car reservation, and it's all in one spot. I don't really recommend screenshotting it right when you book it, because then it's going to be lost, like, you know, back three months ago or whatever. So just like the day before you go, you can just quickly screenshot all your reservations, and then they're just in your photos, and you can just swipe through it really fast. If you don't love doing that, you can always print everything off and just stick it in a folder and stick it in your backpack or something. But I just think having quick access to all your reservations just makes it so much smoother. And if I print them, I just put them in chronological order. So it's like, you know, from day one, it's up on the top. And then as I flip through, I can just toss them and have it all organized and ready. All right. And then tip number 10, this one I think is just a life tip, but especially on vacation. And that is to be flexible. Um, Things are never going to go exactly as planned. And so just know that things aren't going to go exactly as planned and that's okay. Maybe something better will come up because of it. Maybe not, but either way, it's okay. You know, you're getting out and you're enjoying time together as a family and you're making memories. And so that's what it's all about. So if some things get rained out or get canceled or you lose a bag, like it's okay. Life will go on. You'll figure it out. You're a smart person. Um, you know. So being flexible. And don't you think success. don't you think that the memories that come up with the things that go wrong, quote unquote, are some of the mm-hmm. best memories? Like we have we have an experience we laugh about all the time. We went to a cabin and got completely flooded out. Like we could barely even get out of the 
of the canyon because it was so flooded out. But everybody thought it was the greatest thing ever. We saw hail and there was a river running through our street. And the kids were like <laughs> thrilled beyond belief that we got flooded out. And we're like, flooded. okay, I hope nobody dies. Highlight but, of the vacation. Yeah, highlight yeah. of the vacation. So, and it goes right, that's a perfect one to end on because it goes right along with our unofficial tagline, right, Audrey? Lower your expectations in Lower order to your expectations. enjoy life a little bit more. <laughs> I love it. Yes, so good. Our last family vacation, we had to be flexible. There was actually a huge freeze coming. And so we actually left a day early on our vacation so that we could be be, be where we were going before the roads iced over. So good, good, good motto to live by for yeah. vacationing with a family. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Lisa, for joining us. That was so many tips. Now I have to go dive deep on each one of those on your podcast because yes, so much wisdom. Like, honestly, I thought, how much do you have to say about travel? But Lisa has so much to say. I love it. So many great tips and lots of good wisdom. Well, thanks for having me. It was so fun to chat with both of you. And this is just a great reminder to get out there and travel with your family, even if it's imperfect, even if things go wrong. And even if, um, you know, sometimes you question your sanity, it will all make memories. It's all worth it. That's right. Okay. You can find links to everything we talked about, including Lisa's podcast in the show notes. So we'll, so be sure to check it out and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening, friends. Click the link in the show notes to subscribe to our email and never miss another episode. Show us some love by leaving a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with a friend. Thanks for all your support. We'll talk to you next week.